Just a heads up, there's some foul language in this episode. You're listening to Code Switch. I'm Gene Demby. And I'm Shereen Marisol Meraji. Today on the show, we've got a story for you that's about trying to find the one in an old school way with a new school twist. There's unrequited love, fear of disappointing immigrant parents, the internet, and 90s piano ballads. Brought to us by Parth Shah. He's a producer on Hidden Brain. Hey, Shireen. Hey, Gene. What's going on, man? Not much. I'm excited to be here. So you got a love story for us. Yeah, kind of. I took a trip to Michigan recently, Mm -hmm. and I rented this little baby blue cabin. Uh, I got it off Airbnb in this town called Ferndale. Ferndale, Michigan. Ferndale, Michigan. It's a suburb of Detroit. So um, I get this cabin, and I call over two people who haven't seen each other since 2014. Okay. Rohan and Jenny. Rohan and Jenny. Rohan and Jenny. And they've known each other for nearly 20 years, since summer after ninth grade. Uh, But they actually went to different high schools. They met in a summer program where they both realized they had the whole, you know, overachieving child of immigrants thing going on. So in order to stay in orchestra and continue on in Spanish, like to have two electives for the whole year. Nerd love. I know that thing. (laughs) Nerd love in the summertime. Push each other's glasses up on the bridges. (laughs) (laughs) So her family's from Romania and his is from India. But Rohan says what really drew them together was Tori. There were very few friends I had at my school, you know, who I connected with. And like, you know, when, especially with like music or like going out to see things or whatever, like I could be like, hey, Jenny, do you want to do this? Do you want to go see Tori Amos? I was able to get tickets. They went to go see her in concert. On October 17th, 2001. October 17th. Dude. Yes. I totally blanked on it till you listened to it. So like years later, he continued to be like, happy Tori anniversary. And I'd be like, happy Tori anniversary. Wow. And I totally blanked on that. And so your dad drove us in his Lincoln down to the Fox Theater because we didn't want to drive. I didn't drive. So we got there, and we went, and we saw Tori, and did she play A Thousand Oceans? She played A Thousand Oceans, yeah. Yeah, and that was like our song. And we were both, again, angsty, angsty. Super emo. Super emo. (laughs) And the two only grew closer after the concert. We would get on the phone from when we got home from school until if I had dance class or orchestra, then I wouldn't be there. But hours, we'd like six, we'd watch movies on the phone. Remember the King movie? No, The Prince and the Showgirl. The Prince and the Showgirl. He'd, he'd call me and be like, turn this on immediately. And we would watch TV on the phone. So this relationship they have continues for the next three years. And before they know it, they're getting ready to graduate and start their freshman year at the University of Michigan. Rowan's family throws him a graduation party, mm-hmm. and he gives a speech where he thanks everyone who's helped him get his diploma, and he gives a special shout-out to Jenny. Mm. What you did th- I say? You thank everyone, and you're like, and special thank you to Jenny Mon, who who accompanied me to the best moment of my life. Okay. And like everyone's like, what could it be? What could it be? I don't know. What could it, what is it? Yeah, the best <laughs> moment of his life was the Tori Amos concert. Okay. You know, I think my parents may have thought that as well. Did they? This is yeah. a raw question. Did you fall? Sorry, did you fall in love with Rohan? Yeah, I lo- I totally loved you. Yeah, I didn't think it was infatuation though. I thought it was like we were gonna live together. It, it was a slow burning type yeah. thing. Yeah. And we're just gonna listen to Tori and go to concerts and like live this amazing life. Not realizing that's more of a Will and Grace type love than well, anything else. Well, you know what? Hindsight. 
Ah, the Will and Grace moment. Oh. I, I had a feeling that was coming. Oh, yeah? <laughs> where, where did you get that feeling from? I don't know. It might have been Tori Amos. Mm. What do you know about Tori Amos? I know nothing about Tori Amos. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Cor- Rohan's queer and he's interested in men, but mm-hmm. he didn't realize that until a couple years after graduating high school. Oh, I remember you. I, I remember. I remember. <laughs> I can't tell you this. I'm going to cry. No, I'm going to laugh so hard. I'm crying. I'm going to cry. Um, I remember when my mom was like, you bought your own ticket to Tori Amos? That doesn't sound like a date to me. And I was like, well, maybe it's physically responsible. <laughs> so my mom's like, if he liked you, he would have bought your own ticket. I'm like, mom, he likes me a lot. Don't worry. So your family even was, it was, it oh like- yeah. Everyone knew that you were like, you were going to, we're going to get married. Like, cause we, wow. we were like laser focused on each other. In some regard, before college, Mm -hmm. in my mind, I thought that that was going to happen. But then there were, like, you know, other girls who I thought, you know, and when it's it's frustrating because, like, when you don't know what your sexual orientation is, other people try to kind of project how you're supposed to feel. Like, Mm -hmm. they try to to project heterosexuality on you. So you said that Rohin figured out that he was queer a couple years after he graduated. After he graduated high school, yeah. But when did Jenny figure out that he was so queer? So she, he was, he actually told Jenny, like she was one of the first people to know. I'm pretty sure, like it was junior year of college when, mm-hmm. when he came out to Jenny, and she was super supportive. Like, and at the time that he came out, he really needed a shoulder to cry on. So he had this really close friend who we will call Robert. And Robert was actually also someone who he connected with over music. Rufus Wainwright, he was a Rufus Wainwright stamp. And Robert identified as bisexual. And Rohan and Robert just start spending like a lot of time together. And I'm realizing, oh my God, when he's when I'm not hanging out with him, I'm actually sad and I want to keep hanging out with him. Or I want to look for excuses to knock on his door. So at that point, I was trying to, I was starting to like articulate or realize I'm not straight. Wait, when did you come out to him? I think I came out as soon as I realized. Like, I'm like, at some point, like, because he's the one who made me realize I was bi, so I think I was bi for a minute, you know? And I told him even that. Like, what did he say? He was like, oh, okay, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm bi, too. Did you ever with him? No, never hooked up with him. Hmm. Yeah, so Robert and Rohan never dated. Robert was from Texas, and he was, like, so over the Michigan winters. Man, listen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bummed about that. Yeah, so oh, he trans so like Robert ends up transferring and Rohan never ended up even telling Robert that like the way he felt about him. Oh. The end of the year approaches, right? And I remember that so Robert packs his dorm up, he leaves off to Austin, and I am like fucking like devastated. Like I'm curled oh. up, I'm crying, like I don't think I've ever I haven't felt that way about a guy since. So when I was there, you know, Rohan and Jenny spent four hours just catching up in this little kitchen. And it was cute to watch them because, you know, they kept referring to like inside jokes from their past and talking shit about people they used to know. I hated her. You could tell. Could you tell? A little bit. I did not like And she her. didn't like you either. Why didn't she like me? Same reason. I think it was the same reason. Everyone likes me. I asked them both about their love life since college. Jenny has gone on to have a handful of long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. Rowan, on the other hand, hasn't had any. His longest was only two months. Hmm. Sounds like a blessing. I'm joking. (laughs) Is Rowan looking for something long-term? So, yeah, I mean, in the past, he's invested a lot of time in trying to find a guy. And the way he did that was the way so many people today are trying to find love. Online. So, you know, according to Pew Research, nearly 60% of people in the U.S. think online dating is a good way to meet someone. 
And more and more people are using these apps. 15% of American adults are going online for love slash fun. Fun. Up from 11% in 2013. But Rowan says a lot of the apps for gay men, they weren't giving him Mr. Right. They were giving him Mr. Right now. Here's the thing. So I so I did register for a Match.com profile. What? Listen, listen. I did it because I just wanted to see, okay, who are the dudes around here? And then I saw, wait a minute. There's a huge overlap of dudes here and dudes who are just on Scruff. So I'm like, uh-uh. I What's know what you... Scruff is a date like a like, like grinder a, grinder yeah it's just is like it grinder classier than grinder no. hairier men hairier men artsier men so, scruff. scruff I love that hairier men and artsier men are together I yes. love how direct On it is scruff. <laughs> scruff scruff so scruff grinder even match.com nobody seems serious to him plus he said being a person of color made it hard I would frequently be getting asked what are you or I love Indian people or anything like that so I was getting um, exoticized and objectified. Or the popular refrain, you know, no fats, no femmes, no Asians, whatever, like whites only, all that stuff. The popular refrain. Popular uh, refrain, yeah. Dang. So in 2015, 31-year-old Rohan started noticing that many of his friends were getting hitched. And he was still single as ever. The dating apps weren't working, so he decides to switch his approach. He writes about it in an essay published in The Toast titled, Why I Want an Arranged Marriage. Mm-hmm. I had him read some lines for me. It's a simple request I have, the chance to arrive at a first date at which the gentleman sitting across from me and I are under no misapprehension about why we are both taking an hour, maybe two, out of our schedules to entertain one another. We both know that the next logical step in our life paths is marriage. Do you like those birds chirping in the background? Yeah, I, I had do. him do it in his garden. I was like, I want to read this in the garden. <laughs> uh, so, you know, arranged marriage is how his parents met. They were arranged by their families. And it's still like a very common way for Indian people around the world to meet. But it's not always like what you see in the movies. What? Oh, I wonder who that could be. Yeah. Let me check. I'm guessing it's a young single Pakistani woman who just happened to be driving by our house, which is in a cul-de-sac. Well, and I'm also guessing that the phrase dropped in will be said in the next 10 seconds. That's from The Big Sick. Yeah. Kamal Najani's movie. Yeah, exactly. That's The Big Sick. It came out in uh, summer of 2017. Um, and it was a big deal for South Asian representation on screen. It's about the real-life romance of Kumail Nanjiani and his wife, Emily Gordon. And basically in the movie, uh, Kumail is this struggling comic who has a strained relationship with his family. And whenever he comes home for lunch on the weekends, his mom will surprise him by inviting you know, as the clip said, a single Pakistani woman over to meet him. Eight, seven. Seven. What? Everyone, this is Zubeda. She just dropped in. Salam. Waalaikum uh-huh. salam. Come, please sit. Hmm. Oh, here, Kumail. For your files. Good. Your X files. Uh-huh. Because Thank you. that's your favorite show, huh? <laughs> Thank you so much. The truth is out there. <laughs> that was awkward. So but there was that one woman that was amazing. Yeah, at the listen, ending, at the ending. I know. Okay. He yeah. Had, he should have been like, listen, like, oh. That's like, I was mad at the movie at that point. Like, yeah. what? what? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, but, the, you know, in The Big Sick, like, one thing that I definitely noticed is, like, there's a binary when it comes to talking about matchmaking. It's either mom's way or the son's way. Right. Right? So, like, mom wants to have f- the final say and be super involved in, over, like, his love life. Mm-hmm. But the son wants to find love on his own and he keeps lots of secrets. Kumi, there's not just going to be a magic spark, okay? You have to work at it. You have to stay open. 
Okay, Ma, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, good. I just wish you were better at it, you know? I mean, you've had so much practice and you're still like, you're not that good at it. Ha, 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 ha. Again with the comedy, the comedy, all the time with the comedy. So, Rohan doesn't believe that binary is totally fair. He wants, he prefers like the in-between, you know, like the, the middle ground between the two extremes. And that's often how, you know, arranged marriages work. I remember getting some blowback from people saying that this is terrible, arranged marriage is awful, or, you know, blah, 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 blah. And my thing was, you, okay, you read the meta description for how the article loaded somewhere on Facebook, but you didn't read the essay. When I'm referring to like the idea of, oh, I want a, you know, gay arranged marriage or something. I don't mean in the traditional Indian or South Asian sense where it's families that are forcing people who have no interest or no desire to get into to enter this bond or this union to make both families wealthier and as a business arrangement or whatever or because someone's about to get older their past due date i don't mean any of that i mean most i mean it mostly like a matchmakery type sense and rohan says it has to be the parents who set this up huh cuz I feel like, at least in my life, in my world, like, you know, friends come and go and friends will disappear and whatever, but family is always going to be there. And family is never going to be perfect, but they're going to have your back. Hmm. So has Rohan talked to his parents about wanting them to set him up with somebody? No, you know, he hasn't. And it doesn't seem like he will anytime soon either. Do they know he's gay? So he came out to them when he was in college. Okay. Yeah, he wrote them a letter and gave it to them when they were dropping him back off on campus after a weekend visit they made. Mm-hmm. And I book it. I just run I just run out of my dad's whatever SUV or whatever he was driving at the time. He goes up to his dorm room and like 15 minutes later... I got a call on my little crappy AT&T singular phone. And it's his parents, it's mom and dad, and they're like, uh, we don't completely understand, but we love you and we accept you and it's all good. The whole experience was non-event, was not very eventful. It was uneventful. And that is the last time he's ever discussed his sexuality with them. Whoa. So he's out, but it's not a thing that they... He's never brought anyone home. Yeah, it's like he's out, but it's never been spoken of since then. So they're in this weird sort of... It's like the elephant in the room. Yeah, it's completely like just... Yeah. Um, And, you know, when I was there, Rohan, you know, he didn't want me to interview his, his parents or his family members... And in that piece he wrote for The Toast, he talks about the relationship he has with his family. My grandma says in passing quite often how much she hopes she'll get to see me get married off to a nice girl before she gets called up to the sky. I laugh this off. I laugh it off because I'm complicit in perpetuating the myth of me as a straight man. I think, like, that essay he wrote was fantasy like it was a bit of fantasy for him like he wants an arranged marriage but he doesn't want to talk to his family about wanting an arranged marriage at least not yet so what is he going to do well it's not a complete dead end Rowan tries giving the online world another chance this time with a matchmaker for South Asians and we'll hear more about that after the break stay with us NPR's rough translation is like your best travel experience. It takes you someplace new, and it leaves you with a fresh perspective on home. This season, we follow the go-betweens, people trying to cross a cultural bridge or change the culture they know. Check out Rough Translation wherever you get your podcasts. Jean. Shireen. Code Switch. 
I want to be part of it. <laughs> okay. You got this week your play your play cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to bring food next time. All right. <laughs> Jean. Shireen. Code switch. No, oh, sorry. Hearth. Come on, oh. Hearth. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why we don't invite nobody in. <laughs> okay, wait, let's do it one more time. One more time. One more time, please. Let's right. do it again. Just let's try fun. it again. Okay. Jean. Yep. <clears throat> Shireen. Parth. Code switch. Yeah. Yeah. See. Don't get too comfortable, Parth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> A couple years ago, Rohan was watching TV with his grandma. She was watching some Bengali soap opera. And this commercial came on. Come, find love. Arranged by Shadi.com. Shadi.com. Have either of y'all heard of it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so Shadi. The word shadi translates directly to marriage in Hindi, so they are not. Oh, messing so there's no, there, no one is operating under false assumptions. Exactly, right? it's like com. marriage.com. Okay. So very clear, it's not a dating site; it's a matchmaking site. Like you're logging on for the one, and it's the largest matrimonial site in India. Like the website claims to have made five million matches. It's like a small town in India. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah. Ba- uh, the site is kind of like the middle ground that Rohan is looking for. All right, so tell us how it works. So there's a filtering process um, on Shadi.com that's similar to how arranged marriages were, would work if your family was involved. Mm-hmm. you got to fill out and provide a lot of background information. Education level, income, religion, languages spoken, your caste. A totally different episode. Yeah. That's another Code Switch episode. A whole other episode. So also, parents can make accounts for their kids. So, according to the company, around 20% of all accounts are operated by parents. So, there are some very traditional matchmaking methods at play on Shadi.com still. Uh, it's not like Tinder where you can just, like, put in your IG handle. And that's, like, your way of telling mm-hmm. people, like, oh, if you want to find out more, <laughs> follow me on IG. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's so, too much, yeah. <laughs> if you go to the site today, Shadi.com, you'd see this photo of a really fair-skinned Indian woman on a bicycle and this equally fair-skinned man with, like, these massive biceps. He's smiling while he balances her handlebars. I'm Googling it right now. And on the lower third of the page, there's this drop-down menu to sign up, which Rowan tried to do. And the drop-down menu only has two options. And it was basically, I'm either a man seeking a woman or a woman seeking a man. I'm like, well, shit. It's like, this isn't, <laughs> this, okay, well, this is, this is done. Time for me to go watch the Netflix. And not chill in this <laughs> no, no chill. Yeah, no Just chill. Netflix. Just Netflix. <laughs> so, yeah, Shadi.com is... After, first... ob- obviously, getting married first. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Shadi.com is for straight people only. Uh. Got it. Um, so I wanted to reach out to the website. Uh, you may or may not know this, but all Indians around the world are connected with this telepathic bond. Uh, it's called WhatsApp. <laughs> Indians too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My partner is Indian and her, all of our cousins and I are on a group text. I reached the CEO of Shadi.com over the app. His name is Gaurav Rakshit. And the first thing we kind of got talking about was that Shadi.com doesn't really call it arranged marriage. They talk, like, Gaurav says they deal in planned marriages instead. Mm. It's still collaborative and, and people are involved. What's changed is that uh, people get to choose how they want to do it. And it's typically driven by individuals, which is uh, fundamentally different than how traditional arranged marriage happens. So so I recently met someone, uh, Indian-American man, born in America, but fam- families from India. Um, he's in his early to mid-30s, and he's interested in, in, in getting a planned marriage. And he tried to make an account with Shadi.com, but... The problem is that uh, he's seeking a same-sex partner. He's gay. 
Um, are there plans for Shadi.com to offer same-sex partners, uh, same-sex couples options? Good question. I think that right now, unfortunately, I mean, the, the laws in the country don't, uh, aren't favorable. And so to that extent, uh, I don't see that uh, even being an opportunity uh, for us to, to explore being an Indian entity. Hmm. So yeah, this was, I was expecting this. Yeah. Like, right. Like, because, you know, the current laws in India, legal team won't let them do it. Um, yeah, it wasn't a surprise to me, to be honest. What are the laws like in India? Currently, gay sex is illegal. The country upholds this law called Section 377, mm-hmm. which bans, let me read this, quote, carnal intercourse against the order of nature with any man, woman, or animal, unquote. Animal, wow. Animal, yeah. So gay sex has been included in that. And it's based on antiquated laws put in place by the British colonizers a couple centuries back. But India's Supreme Court agreed this year to re-examine the law. Hmm. Yeah, so could mean that progress and change is coming. There's no reason to believe that you know, India as a nation also wouldn't evolve in its uh, regulatory framework. And uh, so that's something that we would be likely the first to explore if that's, that, that's something that, that, that changes in the, in the country. But we're talking about Rohan, and he lives here. Right. Yeah. So, you know, why can't they allow something for Shadi.com in the U.S.? Yeah, so I asked him that, and he insisted that because the company is based in India, they can't make exceptions in their overseas offerings. Hmm. So Shadi's off the table for Rohan. Yeah, right? off the table. Um, does he have any other options? Like, are there any American-based companies that go after Daisy men? Uh, yeah, so there is one. It's called Vilmil. It's a mobile app. What does that mean? Because I just learned what Shadi meant. <laughs> yeah, so Vil, it's it's cute. Vil means heart and mil means meat. So oh. heart hearts meat. meeting. Yeah. You make it feel so <laughs> That's Sorry. so much more romantic than marriage. Doc. Yeah, it has a little, yeah, some je ne sais quoi to it. <laughs> it's funny because you're the married person in here. <laughs> no, it's not very romantic. No offense, babe. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Dilmil. Okay, hearts meet. This guy named KJ Daliwal, he launched the app in 2014. Okay. He was living in San Francisco at the time, working in the tech startup space, and he got interested in the matchmaking market. You know, looked at what products were out there, and uh, there was like a, an age-old website called Shadi.com, which wasn't really fitting the bill for the newer generation. Shade. Yeah. Shady.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My sister at the time was, um, you know, looking for, for someone... I kind of saw her struggling to find, uh, you know, a good quality kind of match. And uh, she had kind of exploited a lot of the avenues like the offline channels through her friends and family. And um, there's not much more, um, you know, avenues out there, many more avenues out there that she could have explored. Uh, So it was kind of close to home. And then we kind of looked at the problem larger. And it was actually a lot of my cousins are in the same problems that and I was like, wow, this is a real problem that needs to be solved. So he creates this app, Dilmel. You sign up through Facebook and fill out a bunch of details, kind of like Shadi.com, but less intense. We realized that there's like the Tinders of the world, which are all the way on one end of the spectrum. Um, and then you have the Shadi.coms of the world, like you're mentioning, on the other, way, other end of the spectrum. The, the idea was we wanted to be somewhere in the middle. And KJ says that first year for the app was like a steep climb. Gosh, yeah. In the first year, it was very little. I, mean, I remember when we started, we... Uh, it was just a lot of our friends and their friends. Uh, so we kind of just, you know, begged all of our friends to share the app and like tell people about it. Um, and that's kind of how we got the momentum going. So I would say probably uh, in the thousands range was, was the first year, um, you know, and, uh, and now, uh, you know, we've crossed a million mark um, in terms of users. And uh, my sister actually met her husband on Dilmo and she got married last month. 
Um, and uh, so, you know, that was the proof is in the pudding, right? Like it, it actually works. And it was it's just amazing to see that happen. Brilliant advertising. Yeah, well, this is how I built this for. <laughs> Coming for through for that. the fam. Yes. It worked. You know, you could say that we might be the modern version of the of the of the auntie that was arranging people in, in the traditional Indian culture. Uh, auntie.com. Dope auntie.com. <laughs> so has Rohan tried this app? Has he tried Dilmo? Or mm. like Shadi.com. Mm. Is it only for straight people? Mm. That's the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. No same-sex option, uh, which is ironic to me because they've painted themselves as this progressive alternative. And a year ago in June, they had this post about celebrating Pride Month on their Facebook. Hmm. Um, so I asked him about it. There was a post on the Dill Mill Facebook page uh, last June. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to read it out. It says, June marks LGBT Pride Month. While we don't have a same-sex match feature quite yet, we do think hashtag love is love. To all the couples out there, stay lovely heart emoji, and then a link to a BuzzFeed article about a, about a lesbian Indian wedding. So um, why no gay option yet? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. We're actually actively working on that right now. We wanted to really work with the community to understand um, what was important to them. So we've actually been talking to the, the LGBTQ community around the world when it comes to South Asians, and we've learned tons. Um, so we wanted to kind of build... Um, a feature uh, in the app that allows that community to really, you know, actually find what they're looking for versus just adding another filter option in there. Um, and we've kind of thought thought about this at length now, and you know, this is actually in development right now. Um, so this is something that we'll be um, releasing very soon, actually. So what 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 have you learned that sets it so apart from the regular interface of Dilmil? Yeah, there's a lot of things. Um, you know, there's uh, there's there's individuals in that community that um, aren't comfortable yet letting you know other people in their community know that they might associate with a particular, um, you know, uh, they might affiliate with you know either being gay or or lesbian or or you know, or one of the other kind of classifications um, or or associations. They you know they want to. Uh, you know, some of them want to kind of do it. They want to do it anonymously. They want to look us anonymously. Um, so we wanted to respect that. Um, we wanted to kind of figure out a way to help people achieve that. Um, you know, there's, you know, certain features like that that we wanted to kind of take into consideration. Um, you know, adding the, the filter itself is, is actually not hard at all. Um, you know, it's, it is, it does require a little bit of work, but we wanted to do it the right way. Um, cause we know that in the South Asian culture, um, um, especially in India, you know, it's not something that is widely accepted yet. Um, you know, it is something that is a bit of a taboo. And but one would argue that it's almost furthering the taboo by not having the option. Like it's saying that this, we think this is taboo because we're not going to offer it either. The reality of a startup is you're always limited on resources. Um, you know, and and we've had um, a, you know our share of. Uh, of issues and problems that we had to deal with as a startup growing up, just keeping the service up and a lot of things that we had to deal with um, in terms of fundraising. So it was just a feature that wasn't um, prioritized, uh, you know, among among all the other features that were there. And then once we did start prioritizing and start dedicating time to it, which was actually earlier this year, we wanted to take again take the time to kind of learn more about the community, and it is in development right now as we speak, actually. So, yeah, it did it did take a little bit longer. So, I mean, for yeah, for your listeners that you know might be you know part of that community, you know, we definitely do apologize for that. And I think um, 
you know, hopefully the, the, the changes that we do make in Dill Mill, um, you know, help that community and, and, you know, help everybody find love, not just, you know, straight South Asians. Huh. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Yeah. So did KJ give you like a time horizon for the when this same sex feature will be rolled out? Uh, he said it should be ready by the end of 2018. So we'll see. Not I was time. not expecting to hear that yeah. from him. I really wasn't. Wow. And he's gave you a time frame and everything so we can hold him to it. Yeah, we should. We're going to circle back with him? Uh, yeah, I will. Let's, but we'll see. I mean, I it would be it would have been cute if it was out in Pride Month, right? Like June. Yeah, right? Well, that would have made sense. Not yeah. in time for Rohan either. I mean, like he still has to wait, you know, another few months before he can use it, right? Yeah, but here's the thing. Like I I, I talked to Rohan about this and he said he'll make the decision whether he wants to make an account when like it becomes available, sure. but for now he's kind of Taking a step back from online dating, taking a step back from dating in general. Focus on yourself, bro. He's focusing himself on on his family and on friends like Jenny, you know, the guest of honor at his graduation party all those years ago. I remember um, going to several stores to pick out an outfit for your party. And I ended up with this black skirt. It was from Old Navy, but I searched, I went to three Old Navies to find it because it was like black and it had like these ruffles kind of. I remember like I had, and it was so late because I was like, should I wear it? Maybe I shouldn't wear it. I should find something else. I remember being super late. You were late. Yeah. I think that's why I was so filled with emotion because I was freaking out that you wouldn't show up. So you couldn't propose to me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought you were my soulmate. Yeah, I thought you were my soulmate too. And I think it's weird because, you know... Especially in recent years, I've been reassessing the definition of love and soulmate and all that. And I and I don't disagree that, you know, you are my soulmate. You know, I feel like it's a different kind of soulmate, you know? I think we're having a moment here. I think we're having a moment here. <laughs> no, I mean... We are, yeah. Because I also believe that just because I'm queer and I, you know, and I date men, it doesn't stop me from having a loving relationship with another woman. You know? Can we have a conversation about my mom a few years ago when she saw it? She goes, he is very cute. Are you sure he is gay? And I'm like, mom! Special thanks to Jenny Mann and Rohan Guha. Rohan's essay about arranged marriage was recently republished in Catapult. You can read it at www.catapult.co. So this smooth-ass song that y'all are listening to right now, this song is called If Only, and it's by Ravina, and it's the song that is giving Parth life right now. He says that her voice is soothing, as you can hear, but also he wanted to shout out an Indian-American artist doing their thing in R&B and soul music. All right, y'all, that's our show. Follow us on Twitter. We're at NPR Code Switch. We want to hear from you. You can email us at codeswitch at npr.org. Subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you're using right now or wherever fun podcasts can be found or streamed. And sign up for our newsletter. It's npr.org slash newsletter slash codeswitch. This episode was produced by Parth Shah and Sammy Ennigan with help from Leah Danella. It was edited by Sammy. Shout out to the rest of the Code Switch familia, Kat Chow, Adrian Ferrito, Karen Grisby Bates. Did I say familiar right <laughs> Sure. Yeah, you, you did. Okay. I mean, you said it your way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, you said it right. Cat Chow, Adrian Florido, Karen Grisby Bates, Maria Paz Gutierrez, Walter Ray Watson, and Steve Drummond. Our intern is Angelo Bautista. I'm Gene Demby. And I'm Shireen Marisol Miraji. Be easy, y'all. Peace. And happy Pride. Hey, y'all. I'm Sam Sanders. I host an NPR show called It's Been a Minute. Every Friday on the show, I talk out the week of news. Because sometimes the best way to process everything going on right now is through good conversation. Download the show, and we'll process everything together.